Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Chris Ivey uh, in his capacity as the uh, main man at Heritage Sports Auctions. We're going to talk about what goes on behind the scenes, not way, way behind the scenes, but behind the scenes of what most people uh, see. They, they run a tight ship, uh, a lot of money going in and out. Uh, when you have that kind of situation, you have to have uh, checks and balances and quality employees. And so, Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us about what you're excited about going forward here with Heritage Auctions. Seems like you've been on a roll lately. Uh, we have been, yeah. Thank you for saying that. We, uh, uh, we're we're going to top uh, $60 million again in auction sales in 2019, So, and that's the third year in a row. I think it, uh, it, it shows uh, really the health of the hobby as a whole. Um, the sports card market is, is moving along and, and stronger than ever. Uh, memorabilia is doing really well also. I think it's an interesting time uh, where people are starting, sports, sports collectibles are starting to get to price points where it's starting to attract collectors that we didn't use to attract. We're getting to, you know, Mickey Mantle, uh, 1952 Tops rookies are, are, are surpassing half a million dollars now. And so you, you've got some people that would typically collect art or rare coins or those type of things that um, kind of diversifying their assets and, and will actually consider uh, getting into sports collectibles because it's a lot of fun and people enjoy you, it. You, you must have a fabulous mailing list or, or list of bidders from all these other high-end things that you have. How much is there as much crossover or is it just a little bit in terms of some of these wealthy people who are doing coins or uh, as I've seen you do collectible purses and right. other kinds of things that are big bucks. I mean, to what extent are you getting a lot of crossover? There's significant crossover. It really is important. Is that an edge that you think Heritage has over some of these other single subject uh, auction houses? I'd say only secondary to our expertise on staff is, I would say, our ability. So you think number one strength is you've got the strongest team? Yes. That, that's your words, not mine. But I, all I can say is I don't know any team that's stronger. But whether you're number one or tied for number one, you're you're certainly up there. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. And, and that's not, I'm not patting myself on the back there at all. I mean, it's we wouldn't be where we are without without yeah. the, the experts and the, the graders that yeah. we have on staff, my VPs, and, and they're great. But our ability to, to cross-promote um, you know, as you know, with auctions, it really comes down to eyeballs. Um, you know, we've got a marketing department with more people in it than most, uh, than any other sports auction company out there. Um, and those, those people help us to, you know, lay out first class catalogs, but also help us to get mainstream stories in the press. And, uh, that press brings in new clients into sports categories, but also our other categories. Mm-hmm. And that ability to cross over. I mean, we've had some of our, the, the most significant lots we've ever sold in sports have gone to people that that's the first sports item they've ever purchased. Um, and they were simply made aware of it by um, Intelligent Collector, which is a magazine that we put right. out to our top clients across right, all categories, right. or or just, uh, you know, uh, newsletters that we send out. You know, I, I apparently am not an Intelligent Collector anymore. <laughs> I haven't gotten it for a while. I basically need to resubmit my application to see if I qualify. Well, I will uh, take care of that for you. <laughs> but, uh, actually, uh, you didn't mention much about digital marketing. Uh, how much? Uh, is, I always think that's tricky because the digital savvy people aren't always uh, subject matter savvy. Mm-hmm. So, to what extent do you have uh, some initiatives with with uh, the more twenty first century social media and other digital media uh, platforms to try to beat that drum? So it's interesting because you know digitally, I would say that our ability for search engine optimization, we have an e commerce department. Yes. So when I started the sports division in two thousand and four, that was one of the things that was our uh, significant leg up. Uh, people looking for um, appraisal or pricing data, uh, being able to be funneled into our system, and right. us being to uh, to assist them. And, and we still do it to this day. I'd say we answer hundreds of emails uh, every day, and and only a small percentage of those, I would say less than 
three percent uh, contained material that we would actually accept for consignment. But as we evolve, well, that's nice to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's 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 client interaction. It's it's touching. It's getting them involved in in our system and and providing them with information. But uh, so you don't mind that? No, because no. I've referred some people to you, and I'm. I'm not thinking there's a 3% chance that, that you're going to like what they have. I'm thinking there ought to be a certainly better than 50-50 in most cases. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't, but, we don't mind. Uh, it usually comes in through, our, through online uh, okay. submission. Yeah. Um, and, and so as, but we've, we've certainly evolved from there, and we still certainly do that. A lot of it is social media. Now we have uh, someone that runs the social media, the Instagram and Facebook yeah. and uh, those different accounts for, uh, for our sports department, and we've got one for Heritage as a whole. Now, I don't know how much of that translates into business, the social media aspect. You can't track it very well. You can't well. track it very well. You can track the can Google search like that, results yeah. and the people that come in through search engines much right. much better than you can right. on social media. But I do believe that that... It's got to be a positive. Right, exactly. It, it can't, be, can't be negative. And I think it will only continue to grow in the right direction. Uh, what about your Sunday uh, Internet auctions? Is that a, a, a sliver of your business or is that an important part of your business as a, as a lead in, it's a sliver of total sales. Uh, I say we do about we do about three million a year in sales, and those are our Sunday auctions. They close every Sunday night. Uh, they go into extended bidding at 10 p.m. Yeah. Um, and each lot closes on a lot by lot basis after 15 minutes of inactivity. Um, and those, you know, w- the reason we have, you know, I, I would love to to streamline, and and it costs us just as much to sell a four thousand dollar item as it does a four hundred dollar item. So you know, if it were possible, I'd love to just sell, you know. Four and five figure items, but as you know, as a collector, that's not possible. No, I'm, I'm uh, so, and so that's one of the main things we can offer our clients is we're not going to come in and cherry pick your collection. We're gonna we can take the whole thing and we can sell you know the hundred dollar items and we can sell the hundred thousand dollar items. Um, and so our Sunday auctions are primarily for items that are at the lower price point of that scale. You know, typically between two hundred on the low end and two thousand, somewhere in that in that ballpark. Um, and then the higher price point items, that's where we 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 section those off for our catalogs that we catalog auctions that we have several times a year. What percentage of your people, I, I bet your catalogs are so nice that people want them. And that's, isn't it better if they don't get the catalog and just look online? Um, but they love, I mean, your catalog is so high, uh, such high production value. Which you print your, on your own, don't you? Don't you have a sheet-fed press? We do. If it's Sometimes our catalogs are so thick that we have to print outside. But we do, Heritage does have a, a printing press, and we do most of our, we print most of our own uh, materials. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't mind sending catalogs. Um, you know, consigners love them. They're heavy. Uh, they're collector's items. Right. They're, they're great research tools. But, again, all that, all that, all that researchability and the searchability of it's all available online. So uh, I'd say our catalog, um, uh, people requesting catalogs are, are going down each year. Yeah. But they're still. But they're still. But our catalog remains the same because just new collectors are getting involved as well. So the catalog production, the total numbers remain about the same. Uh, to what extent? Uh, it sounds to me that you've had a lot of experiences with uh, uh, famous people, uh, but some of them probably want to remain anonymous. Absolutely. But some of them want to have the. So and so collection mm-hmm. is that fifty fifty or is it or most these people want to be more i mean wh- wh- how do you see that is it how's that break I'd, I'd say that as you know buyers a lot of the you know any, anyone that's kind of well known or famous they they want to stay anonymous um, they don't if they're want, buying something. If they're buying something so I could go knock on their door and say hey I'd like to see what you just won <laughs> <laughs> if you could find their address <laughs> right yeah. but they, they don't want to be known so um, some of them will participate directly some people use agents. Yeah, but anonymous sellers some some of they're probably less anonymous sellers because there's a provenance I suppose right well exactly they honor their request right yeah I mean we'll, we'll honor if anyone wants to say anonymous buyer or seller we, we don't we don't we don't note that out there um, publicly but uh, you know a lot of the cons- a lot of the 
a lot of the collections that come in are obviously player collections. You know, there's no way, you know, the, the players, um, if they're around or their family, yeah. they, they participate in the process. And, and that's been one of the great, uh, the, one of the great aspects of, of my position. Um, but, but yeah, there's, there's some people that certainly, um, don't want to be known. You're auctioning off the David Hall Tito Six collection. Right. He's an icon in the industry, kind of a quasi competitor of mine from sure. back in the day, but a, an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think there's a premium? Uh, are you seeing a premium if you can disclose this in terms of I mean, some of his stuff is so, uh, you know, unique mm-hmm. uh, in terms of backs and uh, grades with none better. But on the regular stuff that's comparable, is he getting a premium because of his provenance? I think he's getting a premium. Well, first, David is a, is a, a brilliant marketer. Um, he's created a great product and, and he created, uh, um, you know, a system that, that people <laughs> desire it and the set registry was right. his idea and those type of things are, are, are brilliant. So he knows that, you know, he was, he's very, he was on board with, with being a part of, of this collection being sold. Uh, I would say that it's bringing a premium, um, for several reasons. A, the marketing. We're able to bring new bidders into the fold, um, get more eyeballs on the material than anybody else. And the prices are, are, are fleshing that out that, I mean, he's, he's getting very strong prices. But, and this is, this is, uh, this is to pat David on the back. A lot of people, he made a lot of friends in the T206 community. Um, and they all respect him. Uh, they respect, uh, the work he put in, uh, the, the research that he put There's in. There's a lot of, I think people don't realize that even, even when the monster book was done, Bill Heitman and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's even way beyond that, which was a, you know, whatever that is, a magnum opus or a magnus opus. Mm-hmm. But it's a, the great work that that was, and he's taken it to another level yeah. with other uh, undiscovered kinds of backs and combinations. He really has. I think there's just over 53 or 5,400 total front-back combinations, advertising combinations that you could put together right. for the T206 set. And David had over 5,000 of those. That's which very I don't, impressive. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he, he did a lot of work on it. Um, he did a lot of research, and he made a lot of friends along the way. And I think that that community has, you know, rallied behind him as these, um, because he, he, was a, he was a tough bidder, too, and he won well, a lot of Well, he also these. got in early. I yeah. Mean, I, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, he, he, he would have done well no matter what. But I'm sure he did really well because some of these unrecognized, scarcer backs were there's a slight premium for him back in the day, but nothing right. like what the true rarity would be. And well, y'all, and put, it, y'all put out a little booklet. We did explain some of the things. Yeah. Well done. Well Thank done. You. Thank was, you. Yeah, we want to educate. You know, being being one of the forefronts of collecting a new category, and there's been a lot of hobby uh, big time big collectors. I would say pioneers in certain aspects of collecting that have helped their their collections along the way. One of those being, you know, Marshall Fogel uh, was right. one of the first uh, game used back collectors that, that that put a lot of money and a lot of investment into his game used back collection, and he put a book together with Dave Bushing and and you know kind of educated other collectors out there about the significance of game used bats, what to look for, what makes it uh, a great example and, and what to stay away from. And another uh, another aspect of the hobby that we're seeing that growth right now is original photography. Um, I know. Yeah, you know, when we were when in the 80s and 90s, you know, if there was original photographs, they were just throw-ins and deals. They were almost yeah. calculated with, with no value. And well, no, they didn't have them typed. Right. To where it was, the perception was you could just run off a few more, but that would be a photo of a photo. Right. And that would be noticeable. Uh, yeah, I actually have a little bit of that stuff, and I'm going to dig it out one of these days. <laughs> but uh, and where would I go with that? What do you think? Oh, heritage options, absolutely. <laughs> so if a person has something and it's good stuff, then they can run it by you mm-hmm. and say, and you could maybe not uh, give them a fine appraisal for free, but you would say we'd be interested in auctioning this off. We think we can get a good price, and 
maybe you'd give them some guidelines of what it would be. We definitely try to give people market values and comps if they contact us with something. And some people, you know, they feel that we're crazy and it's got to be worth more than that, and that's okay. Um, but most people, I, I would say, in any consignment relationship we go into, uh, we try to be on the same page with what our expectations are for the piece at auction. Well, you're probably trying to not way under promise, but not over promise. Of course. Because, but gosh, this in 2019, I think you could under promise and pretty over deliver on anything that's really nice. Right. It's, it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. The new records kind of seem like every auction you do, there's another set of uh, new highest prices for things. Yeah. The, we, we sold an authentic Wagner uh, last Thursday for 540000 There was, uh, there was a, Trimmed and creased, right? Well, yeah, the the three Bowling borders, board. the top, the right and left, and the top border were missing, but it was still a nice, uh, aesthetically, you know, pleasing example. But but the but the number was a record for any uh, yeah. any Wagner and authentic holder. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a fraternity of uh, fifty or sixty uh, Wagner owners, right? And that person now, if if it's not, uh, there there actually are people that have more than one, uh, just a couple. But uh, and then there's always the rule of Wagner, which is it never sells for less than the person bought it for previously. Oh, that's the way it's been. Yeah. I, I just don't know that it can go forever like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing when we have very low low inflation, low interest rates. That has to you regard that as part of the. The flight to tangible assets, I mean, it's got to help all your businesses. Oh, there's no doubt. Absolutely. It's, it's helped, uh, it's helped heritage across all categories that, that, that money is relatively cheap in this, in this economy. Um, and, and so, uh, people are, are flocking towards hard assets and that's what we specialize in. And heritage is a private company, as I understand. That's correct. And you think it always will be? Because what some of the things you're doing, you know, my friends that, that run public companies, there's just a lot of, a lot of extra stuff that happens and demands mm-hmm. that, uh, that make it more difficult to make uh, good decisions sometimes. So I hope you're always going to stay because you can be more customer friendly and, right. and uh, customer centric. Yeah, no, that's exactly uh, right. But hopefully your dad and, and Jim and other others who have interest would, uh, would maintain that. I, I, uh, I enjoy being a business owner, but it's, you know, it's not forever sometimes. Right. And yet, uh, your dad seems to be going pretty strong, I think, right? Oh, he enjoys it. Yeah. He's got a great work, work ethic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, you know, they're, they're entrepreneurs at heart, and, and they're very, uh, they have a vision, and, and they, they like to, 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 you know, enact on their vision and not, not answer to shareholders or exactly. other people. So well, I, I don't, I don't that, see what, it. The, the other similarity I've seen is that when we were going, and we were obviously very private too, we had a, such a strong base, mm-hmm. which Heritage has, that we could try other things that other people would have to lose sleep about. And we could say, it's not going to affect our main business, but if that works, it'll really pay off for us. Yeah, it's essentially, so you've done that yeah. and it's really paid off. And yeah. I think you're, 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 um, you, you've brought a lot to it. Yeah. And again, Chris, I, I want to thank you for being here. Basically, as we've said, as we're talking, it's the passion. If you're just coming in saying, Hey, this uh, makes a lot of sense. We're going to do this and this ought to work. You've, you've, it's not that you're the, you're you're the visionary, but you're so involved in this that you do have the vision. So you are a visionary in that sense, but you're doing it from the platform that was established uh, that that gives you. Uh, it's not a sure thing because your first few years were not nearly as successful as they are now. Right. No. But at this point, you paid your dues, and my hats off to you. Thank you. Uh, I think that we're out of time. We'll talk again. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing about Heritage. They've got a great story, definitely worth checking out, uh, whether it's their uh, fancy catalog auctions or their Sunday internet auctions. They've got something for everybody and, again, worth considering. So I'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.